the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. The one, the only, Rob Black and Your Money Show. A show that's goofy, that's offbeat, that will throw out topics fast and furious and change topics fast and furious. Sorry about that. It's just who I am. And until they kick me out of radio, it's just who I am. For instance, let's start with you know, a debate that I think we need to have. And I wish this show would be more call-driven because I think you're smart. When I did Stock Talk in 2001, 2002, uh, 1999, generated tons of calls because the best and the brightest felt that they were at the moment of just wonder during the dot-com age. I have a problem with college in America. This could be a great debate. But people are afraid of me, and I don't think you should be. Um, colleges, we have a 90% service economy. We're creating too many service people. You know, uh, English degrees, I don't know so much, is a good idea, especially with how much it's going to cost. Too many kids are graduating now, not being able to find jobs. It's getting worse and worse and worse. So at some point in time, we need welders. We've sent all of our jobs to foreign markets for manufacturing, all of them that we can. At some sort of point in time, we need to make manufacturing competitive in the United States. Remember, before Steve Jobs died, he had that conversation with Barack Obama when Barack Obama said, how can we get you to manage, uh, how we can get you to manufacture in the United States? He said, it's not going to happen. So we, we, haven't, we have to make manufacturing cool. Rosie the Riveter has to come back. I know you're saying, wow, that's a big switch for you. Well, maybe I'll take the other side of the argument. I can do both of them. You know, manufacturing jobs are very blue collar and they have a limit of, of skill sets. And flipping back on the other side of it, way back in the day, there was something called the GI Bill that Americans were proud to go to, you know, not war, but join the military because it's basically a trade school. So that's where we have to get to in our minds. We have to have intelligent arguments that just aren't yelling at each other. So if you ever want to call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. First and foremost, let's take a look at the stock market numbers because I think that's what those people expect on a daily basis coming out of the gate. We got the Dow up 67, the NASDAQ up 16, the SP 500 up 6. We're doing a little bit of role reversal today. Europe's got good news. We've got bad news. Good news for Spain is a modicum of support. Eurozone finance ministers at yet another emergency meeting agreed to give Spain an additional year to meet their deficit targets. There was also agreement to move forward with some of the money to prop up Spanish banks. Spanish bond yields dropped below 7%, but Greece, they started to widen again. Portugal started to widen again. So we know that eventually, I'm sorry, initially or finally, Italy is probably going to have to you know, be bailed out on some level, lit money, as will Portugal. So there's still more to come before this wraps up. And Spain's got one more year to get their uh, GDP deficit spending lower. So it's not really where we want it to be. Alcoa kicked off earnings season with a 
pretty decent earnings report. Revenue beat expectations. Uh, profits were supposed to fall 88%. They fell 81%. You know, they showed us some strength in the airlines. The big airline show going on right now in Europe is showing us strength in, in airlines and demand for aircraft. Revenue beat forecast. That's nice to see. So they didn't just fire people to make their money. So I'll call a stock up slightly on that news. They've had an oversupply problem for many, many years, and I can't forgive them for that. Next big earnings report of note, Marriott, Wednesday morning. J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo on Friday. Google on Thursday. No big economic releases today in the United States, so you start heading towards companies to give us news. The Labor Department's issuing jolts, which is a uh, survey of job openings. That just came out. I'll probably talk about that as the morning progresses. But uh, Beezer Homes, they announced a $75 million stock offering, which isn't particularly noteworthy until you realize that their whole market capitalization is only $342 million. So they're not doing an initial public offering, there, but they are dropping shares on the market. They need cash. Beezer was one of several companies to announce this last night. Beezer's trading down today. They're one of the big home builders in the United States. Aura Sure Diamond Rock Armor Residential. Let's take a look at Armor Residential. That's a real estate investment trust. Um, Ticker symbol is APR, I believe. And um, a real estate investment trust is a way for you to own real estate without owning a 30-year mortgage. I talk to people on a regular basis who uh, consistently say, uh, you know, I, I want to own a home. I want to own a home. What you really should want to do is own a real estate investment trust. And until you're ready to get married and settle down and earn the home of your dreams for the rest of your life, consider renting. There's no shame in renting. So, especially if you get a nice rental, close to work, in and out, keep your lifestyle good and healthy. Instead of driving an hour a day, go run an hour a day. WD-40, which I love. I carry a bottle of it around with me everywhere I go because you can always find something to squirt. They make lubricants. Who don't love lubricants, right? Lubricants, lubricants, lubricants. Cleaning products, uh, they were hurt by lower sales in the U.S. market. They also lowered their profit expectations for the year. Intel's buying a 10% stake in ASM lithography as it's trying to bolster its efforts to create new tools for building computer chips. It also made a commitment to buy an additional 5% in the future for about $1 billion. ASML lithography is a maker of machines that print circuits on chips. They're kind of um, a smaller version of applied materials. So now that you know that, applied materials just came out this morning, and they're lowering their, their guidance. And you're like, oh, good God, what are you doing, Intel? But they cut their full year 2012 forecast. They're saying weaker than expected demand for semiconductor equipment, primarily amongst the foundry customers. Uh, they said they're seeing weaker demand from foundries, manufacturers, who basically, uh, you and I could design a chip and they'll go out and make it for us. So you get that concept. Global slowdown, they said. Um, slowdown in business. The foundries make semiconductors for companies like Research in Motion and Nokia and, you know, the, the guts of phones. So that's not good. AMD is lower today and that's hurting Intel. They reported unexpectedly quarterly sales drop, second biggest maker of processors for personal computers. 
So they, at one point in time, thought sales would rise 3%, but sales fell 11%. That's not good. So it's a huge mess for any company at any scale. The drop in revenue may signal that AMD is grappling with a backlog of unsold chips. And unsold chips, a lot like the chips that you get at the grocery market, go bad. Now, they won't go stale, but every year, smaller, cheaper, faster is the name of the game. There was a point in time where Intel used to have another competitor or two that would make CPUs, but Intel's just eating their lunch, their breakfast, and their dinner. So AMD, yeah, you can find some value in it, but it's tough making uh, money as a tech investor in value. So you can tweet the show, Rob Black Show. Tweet me at Rob Black Show. You can call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Email rob at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Remember a couple years ago? God, God, I'm getting old. Four years ago when Lehman Brothers collapsed and government lent them money, lent them being banks. Banks took $242 billion in a bailout. Right? $242 billion. So far, they've paid dividends back to the United States government. They've sold common shares. The United States government basically gave them that money but took preferred shares. And those shares pay dividends. So all said, this program has returned a profit of about $18.4 billion for the United States. Now, when you take a look at that, that's about an 8% plus return. That's not too shabby. So it was a program that saved or propped up the banks, and it actually worked, but it pissed off people in the process. Let's take a look at the numbers. The Dow's up 67, the NASDAQ up 16, the S&P 500 up 6. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is the Ayatollah of rock and roll when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks. <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one. Yeah, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees, because... Companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly, and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees? Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees, they wanted a 401k plan, so you started it. And a lot of times they started it with an insurance company. And the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the everything covered. And usually... Either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account. And they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask. Now, recent laws have said that you know, as a, as a 401k program is an offering, they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are. So this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13 where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k. So, you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the Vanguards, the T-Row prices, the, 
you know, get low, no load funds and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403Bs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So if, for instance, in their district, they don't have fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, I'd like to use fidelity. That provider has to be made accessible to them, which is kind of cool. You know, the the it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the 403B market because I used to be able to, you know, take a somebody's 403B and roll it over into another 403B so I could manage it at the custodian right. that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, people, you know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in. When we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah. And it's a much more competitive market now. So a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a, just huge array of no load funds that you can use. and almost nearly a flat fee or a per participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account. So shop around. New Focus Financially has a 401k plan. Do you have any annual maintenance fees? We we have a per participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company. What happens, and I was just trying to set a standard of uh, you know what people can expect out there because mm-hmm. obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k trying to take care of their employees. Uh, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and I said, I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you got to get two to three or four people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. That's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule to make sure people are educated if you're going to offer a 401k too as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves on what funds are good and bad inside the program. Well, I work at Cron, and I could tell you that, and you know, from talking to the teachers, I could tell you the HR departments—they're not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV station, and then I see you know just these amazing just salespeople from just horrible companies come in. And uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds. And HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in doing. Yeah, and at least, you know, now if you're 55 or older and you have a 401k plan with a large amount and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA, um, at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up a, uh, your 800 number on your statement and say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to, to do it for you. That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover? Because it's a way for you... Uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan. Yeah, and, and a lot of it too has to do with, uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have and the bond choices are awful. Okay. And this is the hardest area to manage right now and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years is interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over. Anything else that we need to know? 
Uh, you know, just on your 401ks too, it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through the automatic rebalancer or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio. I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. I kind of like let it accumulate, but there's a button that auto rebalance. Yeah. You can auto rebalance every one, once a year, twice a year, every quarter. Okay. And mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps, and it's saying let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It's just yeah, it, okay. it causes you to 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 sell high and buy low. There you go. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So this just Dan Coca Cola has announced a two for one stock split. Good consumer products company. Good international exposure. I prefer Pepsi, no Coke, but. I can be. I can make a case for a case. I can make a case for someone like a Coca Cola in an economy like this, and a world economy like this. So, research in motion. Their board is kicking off a meeting for with support for their executives. They think the CEO Thor Thorsten Hines is well positioned to lead the company forward. Keep in mind, this is a company based in Waterloo, Ontario. Waterloo, not good if you're Napoleon. The statement also admitted that. Uh, Research Motion's performance over the last year has not met expectations. The stock's down 75% in the last year. I think that's fair to say. It's made uh, wealthy people poor if it's been in your portfolio. May job openings rose to $3.64 million. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about more. We'll talk about personal finance. When we come off of break, we'll also take a look at the markets. Please don't be shy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy. You can reach out to me in a number of ways. Tweet me. Tweet Rob Black Show. If you have thoughts, things that you want to add to the show, don't be shy. Coca-Cola approved a two-for-one stock split, an increase from $5.6 billion to $11.2 billion shares. It's 11th split in its 92-year history. What does this mean, and why do we care? We don't. It means if you have 100 shares, you'll be uh, downgraded or upgraded to 200 shares. Uh, but if you have 100 shares at 80 bucks, you'll have 200 shares at 40 bucks. There's no change in the company. There's no change in your wealth. A lot of people back in the 1990s got excited by stock splits because in the 1990s, in the late 90s, you know, a stock would go up from 40 to 80, sometimes in three months. You know, Google doesn't do stock splits. Warren Buffett, his Berkshire Hathaway doesn't do stock splits. Mature investors know that stock splits are cute, but that they don't really mean anything. So don't get caught up in it. I, I think I've hit that about as well as I can hit that. I hope I have at least. Um, other big stories out there, job openings at U.S. workplaces increased to $3.64 million in May from $3.45 million in April. That's up 18%. Private 
Openings increased 17% to 3.25 million. Government openings rose 395,000. I personally like to see private jobs created more so than government jobs. Government jobs are paid with tax money. Private jobs are paid with profits more often than not. Sometimes loans. There were about 4.3 million job openings when the recession began in December 2007. So with 12.72 million unemployed people in May, there's about 3.5 potential job seekers for every opening. A little bit lower from April. In May of 2011, there were about 13.89 million people unemployed. So that was about 4.5 potential seekers per opening. It's kind of an interesting statistic, right? So things are getting better. I expect job openings and job growth to accelerate in the second half. Not to a pace that helps, but not to a situation that gets worse. I know someone named Clays. C-L-A-E-S. That's weird. So the Senate panel is asking Ben Bernanke about the Liber scandal. It's going to be a, a story that, that heats up. Ben Bernanke and... Uh, Treasury Secretary Timothy Geithner, they should be prepared to answer senators' questions. It's important that our government understands why the LIBOR scandal happened, why a head of a bank, a career banker, was forced out. Did you know that if you were adopted, there's financial aid in some states for you? Isn't that kind of cool? Sometimes it's college tuition. Federal agency to create, help consumers understand financial products and services. Um, even if you're not a straight-A student, you can grab money for college more often than not. So it's important that you learn as many options as you can. Let's see what else should I throw out there at you. Let's talk a little money. First thing that you need to know Money you fork over to the government in taxes. It's not a spontaneous idea. It's something that you have to do. Financial laws are out there and namesakes for them. So a couple other things that you need to know about money is uh, roll a penny in your pockets is important. You might be able to use it to pay off a mortgage. Stuff adds up. When I was running the other day, I saw a dollar on the ground. And I have no pride. I stopped and picked it up. It could have been tied to like a fish line. It could have been the greatest joke of all time. Now, when you look at CEOs have big salaries or baseball players have big salaries, you have no one to blame but yourself. You need to learn how to grow your salary. eBay is one of the largest online auction websites out there. I bought some software on eBay yesterday. I've got no problem buying, I use Adobe Edition to edit some of my software, some of my audio, and I just set up a new work computer, and I'm not going to steal software, but I'm also not going to pay Adobe $600 for editing software. So I picked up a used version of the latest version for about half off. The FHA, um, another thing you should throw out there is the bigger your house, the bigger the mortgage. The more expensive your car, the more it costs you. If you live paycheck to paycheck, you're going to die broke. 
So there's two areas where you can start saving a lot more money. I recently met someone who lived in a just a crap hole. It was the dirtiest, filthiest apartment I've ever seen in my life. And uh, what do you what do you say about that? Like, uh, congratulations. No, you say you're saving money. So the more expensive street you live on, that's right, <laughs> the less money that you have in your own pocket. Now, again, if you're making a good salary, go for it. I'm not trying to poo-poo anyone's party. I know you're saying, did you just say poo-poo party? I did. I've got an issue with fecal matter. Ever tell you about the time that uh, me and a girlfriend were living in Sen? And uh, we had a condo on the bottom floor. And uh, long story short, don't get a condo on the bottom floor. But one Saturday morning, we're waking up and gurgle, gurgle. Toilet starts to start rising. I was like, did you do something in the middle of the night? Did you do a big? She goes, no. Gurgle, gurgle. And it starts coming up. Gurgle, gurgle. And it starts overflowing. And I'm like, I'm a man. I I know how to do plumbing. I'm a man's man. Plumbers look at me and say, nice crack. Like, I know how to pl- I know how to do this stuff. And it gurgle, gurgle, it keeps coming up. So I was like, um, you may want to roll back the carpet because, uh, and then I looked over in the tub, gurgle, gurgle. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. I've never had to like snake up the bathtub. Like something bad's happening. Gurgle, gurgle. So I run off to Home Depot. I get chemicals. I do, I'm, I'm at panic mode. I call uh, the landlord because we're living in Sin, we're renting. And uh, I'm like, he calls the plumber. Gurgle, gurgle. By the time the plumber got there, it had already spread throughout the whole condo apartment. It had hit 80% of the rug. Uh, we'd started moving furniture out of the house, out of the apartment, you know, onto the lawn. Uh, it was disgusting. But what, what happened was there was a backup in the pipe. And I know you're saying, backup in the pipe, is that slang for? No, it's not. It was, it was backup in the pipe. Someone, when you live in a condo, you're, Basically, everyone's on the same plumbing line. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there trying to fight this stuff back, like trying to, like, win the battle of the, uh, how shall we say, sewage flow. I saw teeth, tampons, chicken bones, turkey bones. It was the most disgusting amount of sewage. Like, you've never really seen the sewage you think you know what sewage looks like? You ain't got no clue what sewage looks like. So the moral of the story, have renter's insurance. Because my stuff could have, we could have been on vacation. The plumber basically, it was 25 feet down the line, so all the snake in the world ain't going to get it done. Uh, landlords have homeowner's insurance. Because your renters may not have renter's insurance. Um. And when push comes to shove, get, get a real plumber out as soon as you can. So, uh, and that stuff kind of happens. I know you're saying, what was the point of that story? I, I think I got some financial angles in there. You know, another financial angle I could take with you is uh, I fear people coming on my property because that's where I could lose a lot of money. Someone falls, hits their head. Uh-oh. That's like when you're, you know, in a city and you see someone fall, you instantly look at the sidewalk and see if it's cracked because they're going to see the city. Same thing was going to happen in your house. So there were some big storms over the last couple of months, big storms hitting the East Coast. And 
first thing that I think of is trees on property. You know, I have a property that is on a creek that, uh, you know, sometimes if you don't pay attention to the trees, the vines get into the trees and they start strangling them and they, that tree could fall. So if, you know, a good question is if you have an old tree, what happens if that falls on your neighbor's house or what happens if that falls on your neighbor's car? Whose home, whose insurance pays for the cleanup if my tree falls in the neighbor's yard? If your neighbor's property is damaged by your tree, then he should file a claim with his insurance company. But in most cases, nobody's insurance policy will pay if the tree falls but doesn't hit anything. If that happens, it's probably up to you to pay for cleanup if you want to keep a good relationship with your neighbor cordial. If the tree damages your neighbor's house or garage, his owner's policy will generally pay to fix the damage to the structure. If your tree damages your neighbor's car, then the comprehensive coverage portion of your neighbor's auto insurance pays to repair it. The same goes for policies if the tree falls on your property. I know it doesn't seem fair, right? Even when insurance covers tree damage, most policies only pay $500 to $1,000 for tree removal. And it could be a couple thousand dollars to pull that out of your yard or to chop it up. So I know. I look at storms as financial stories. I look at people coming in on my property and potentially falling on a crack as that could be a big loss for me. I look at plumbing with a financial angle. These are things you have to think about. So when your wife wants to throw a big party, alcohol is involved, say, hey, hey, sugar booger, that's a big liability we're taking on if a worst case scenario happens. It's been a while since I've said sugar booger. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Hi, everybody. It's Rob Black from Rob Black and Your Money. Got another wealth preservation retirement planning event coming up. When? Thursday, August 2nd from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's a Thursday evening at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Foster City, San Mateo from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Learn how to reduce risk with diversification, tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to pull money out of the market's retirement, get an economic outlook, portfolio structure, asset allocation, stock picks, and much, much more. You can sign up at robblack.com. That's R-O-B-B-L-A-C-K.com. So if you have any questions about wealth preservation or how to plan your retirement, you're not alone. Join me and certified financial planner Chad Burton at the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Event Thursday, August 2nd from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's a Thursday evening at the Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City, San Mateo from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Sign up at robblack.com. That's R-O-B-B-L-A-C-K.com. USA. The price I got for the lies I've told, but the truth it no longer thrills me. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. This song is making me impotent. Make it go away. It's awful. Yesterday, Ernest Borg died. Today, that song. My ability to have children is being severely reduced rapidly. Um, David Einhorn this morning says, I can see Apple going to a trillion dollars. He also said, I own a lot of gold. Mako Surgical, big loser today. They've got a 
Last quarter they blew it. This quarter they blew it. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Sometimes I get my uh, little sayings wrong. And uh, sometimes it's really embarrassing. So, and I, I, I can't even tell you the most embarrassing one. I could hint at it, but I can't say it because I'd be pulled off the air. But sometimes you say stretch your legs. So I didn't use the word stretch. I used a word that started with S, but it wasn't stretch. And I did this in front of a group of people. It was hideous. It was horrible. David Einhorn says he is not short Amazon on a CNBC interview this morning. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, he says he's a big bull on Apple. He's not shorting Amazon. He says he's looking at a two to three year time horizon on Apple. I'm looking at a one year. My uh, ability to look into the future stops at about a year. As far as that Mako Surgical, why own Mako when you can own Intuitive Surgical? And speaking of Mako, you know it's that muffler shop. Your muffler falls off, go to Mako. At the end of the commercial, they, they honk a horn. As if, as if now suddenly your horn's going through your... Nah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's wrong for so many reasons. That's a great phrase that pays. Wrong on so many reasons. For instance, if you ever fly Southwest and you have general seatings, one of the things that I advise is when you get on first and you don't want anyone sitting next to you, bring a box of a bottle of cough syrup, bring some used uh, paper towels and some used uh, tissue paper, you know, ball it all up, uh, throw some water on your face, and as people walk by, they're not going to sit next to you. Maybe wheeze a little bit. Someone says, someone sitting there goes, no, you can sit there. I like to talk during flights. So there's ways of being evil and getting what you want in this world. And it's wrong on so many levels, right? I know. I just gave everyone my secret to sitting by myself on Southwest Air. For absolutely free. That's a value add, ladies and gentlemen. That's a value add. One of the things you have to do when looking at stocks is say, why would I own that? Can you find reasons to own it? You also should be able to find reasons to sell it. It's tough. Again, that intuitive surgical and against Mako surgical, Mako, they do very similar technologies. It's all about the, the robot that injures your body and, and doesn't do a lot of damage. And, you know, why, own, why go out with the ugly sister when you could go out with a pretty sister? Why go out with a guy with four teeth when you go out with a guy with, I think, 32 teeth? If that's too many, then I think I might be related to a shark. I know a lot about money. I know almost nothing about teeth. I know how to floss every day. Holy mackerel. I like flossing twice a day. I know you're saying, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But I like it. I think nothing, keep your teeth. If there's nothing else you learn on the show is keep your teeth. Right? Are you with me or are you against me? Um, Google has settled privacy charges regarding settings on Apple Safari browser. 
and it's going to pay $22.5 million to do that. European finance ministers announced that they plan to expedite the euro $30 billion to Spanish banks. China's trade surpluses widened to $31.7 billion. Imports rose 6.3%. Expectations were for imports to rise 12.7%. So this is one of those arguments that you can make. Traditionally, the Chinese have been big savers. And with the Olympics and everything else, they've become consumers. Americans consume. We eat. We're fat Oompa Loompas. Our children are. Our children wear a size husky. We call them big bones. They're actually fat, and they're actually going to die of heart disease before you die. So you're going to have to bury your own child. Fantastic play, by the way. You know, buried child. Is the buried child an adult man who never had a childhood? Or is there a dead kid in the back? There's actually a dead kid in the backyard. I don't have much else. You can tell that I'm running out of content. Because I'm giving so much content so fast today. And again, it's a huge value add in my book. How much does the show cost you? Not much. Probably nothing. Pandora Media is in the news today. In what looks like great news, it's actually awful news. Hours listened increased 77% year over year. They reported the share of total U.S. radio listening for Pandora in June 2012 was 5.9%, an increase from 3.3%. Active listeners, 54.5 million, an increase of 51%. They lose money. They're in a money-losing business. They got to figure it out soon because there's only so much cash. And then someone says, you know what? I want to make a profit. I'm not going to give you cash anymore. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers. So the Federal Reserve knew of the LIBOR issue in 2007, 2008, and they proposed reforms back then. This is called LIBORgate. I'll talk about why it's important in the next hour. The S&P 500 is down 2. The NASDAQ down 5. The Dow Jones Industrial down 24. Oil drifting a little lower as Norway has settled a strike. And they're sending their oil people back out to work. See, they're oil people. I don't even know what to call them. Tarmen? Like, what do you call them? Um, you can find me on Twitter. If you want to correct anything I've said, I'm sure there's corrections coming today because I am fast and furious. You can tweet me, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. You can also reach out at robblack.com or email me, rob at robblack.com. I do have an event coming up and things along those lines. I'll talk to you shortly. Take a little break here. Come back on Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. So we've had a very sharp sell-off from a higher open, which is not the way most people want to see earnings season start. That's not good news. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers, see how we're doing for the day. Open high. We went lower. Is there anything else I need to say other than that? Probably not. The S&P 500 is down 3, the NASDAQ's down 11, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 31. The LIBOR scandal's out there. At issue is whether the New York Fed ignored reports of irregularities in the LIBOR market during the financial crisis. Barclays, big financial firm based in London, have, has already lost their CEO. And he's given up bonuses worth $30 million or 20 million euros. His career is tainted. It's kind of like a Barry Bonds of banking. Um, people are not happy. 
bonuses are being lost, but more important, credibility. The LIBOR is the London Interbank Offered Rate. It's compiled from estimates by large international banks of how much they believe they have to pay to borrow from each other. It's used for $550 trillion of interest rate derivatives. It influenced rates on mortgages, student loans, and credit cards. The rates submitted by banks are compiled. And uh, the information's thrown out there. Barclay said a group of traders tried to manipulate LIBOR for profit as far back as 2005. It says it wrongly lowered estimates of interest it paid at other banks at the height of the crisis in 2008 to make uh, its financial position appear better. Wow. When you can't trust a bank, who can you trust? Right? So the LIBOR scandal is important because it's tied towards the mortgage market. And that's got a lot of people a little bit on the freaked out side. The rigging scandal has engulfed London. There's an oversight panel now that's all over Europe, all over the United States. You know, LIBOR is probably the single most supposedly market-based price accredited in the world. And now you can see that it was rigged to look more worthy than it should have been. LIBOR is officially the London Interbank offered rate. Um, again, $800 trillion of financial instruments are pegged to LIBOR, $350 trillion in swaps, $10 trillion in loans. If you can't believe the information, and that's a lot of money to know that it was rigged, system. The Fed suspended its surveillance of primary dealers in the 1990s. So what kind of supervision do we really have? We're only peeling off the onion on this story. The good news is that as data gets known, Wall Street deals better with known issues than unknown issues. Unfortunately, this is another example. There's been two of them already this year. With Morgan Stanley having $2 billion in trading losses, when you cannot have $2 billion in trading losses. As a bank, as a bank that takes depositor money, it's like they went to Vegas and lost. And you know we're going to learn more on Friday when they release their earnings. But that on top of a LIBOR scandal? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine how many senators are drooling like, I'm going to get reelected, I'm going to get reelected, because they're going to try to get in front of the Ben Bernankes of the world and say, what did you know? When did you know? My constituents deserve to know. So when it comes time to get reelected, they've got some good audio of me versus the big banking machine. Hmm. Interesting stuff today. Let's take a look at the market numbers. We got the S&P 500 down three, Nasdaq down 11, Dow Jones Industrial Average down 31. Oil's down a buckaroo. It's at $84 a barrel. NYMEX crude. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.5%. Telling you again, the cost of borrowing money. It, it should be stimulating the economy. It's not. Um, what else do I need to throw out as far as stories? European finance ministers announced to expedite 30 billion euros for Spanish banks. So the Spanish banks are getting some money. Should that stabilize the situation? A little bit. China's trade surplus widened to 31.7 billion. Imports were a 6.3%. Expectations were for 6.12.7%. Trying to see uh, foreign exchange currency, the euro to the dollar. Those are stories that would just bore everyone to here, so I try to avoid those. Hmm. Let's see what else we have to hit. Oh, Coca-Cola's in the news today. 
Coca-Cola record date for Coke stock splits going to be July 27th. So they're doing a two-for-one stock split. It's going to increase the number of shares from $5.6 billion to $11.2 billion. It's the 11th split in history. If you take a look at shares of Coca-Cola, which doesn't have the best ticker symbol, it's KO. And you're like, Coca-Cola? I see the CO and the CO, and that sounds phonetically like KO for sure, Coco. But uh, it just makes them look stupid. It makes them look like they don't know how to spell. This is stock that's hitting uh, not an all-time high, but pretty darn close. It's a stock that pays a dividend of 2.6% from 1962 to 1965. The stock went up from 65 to 70, a very bad period for the stock market. Stock went sideways from 70 to 75. Stock went sideways, but it paid its dividend. And that's something you have to learn. That's why I like dividends. Some guys like hot chicks. I like dividends. I really, really like dividends. Very important. So from 75 to 80, it starts marching higher. From 80 to 85, higher. 85 to 90, higher. 90 to 95, higher. 95 to 2,000, way higher. But in 98, it got a little speculative. From 98 to 2,000, lower. 2,000 2,005, higher. 2,005 to 2,010, higher. So again, you go back from 1970, and what did I say? A couple sideways, a couple down, but mostly up. You know, 80 to 85, there was a 10, 15, 15-year period then a five-year period, and then a 10-year period of it going higher. I'm not saying go out and buy it. I'm saying you, you got to know what you're doing. I prefer Pepsi to Coke. I like Pepsi's product, Gatorade. I like their snacks, Doritos. Coke, to me, is a player in the world of soda where they spend billions of dollars you know, trying to say, hey, don't tax soda, don't tax soda. You know soda's going to get taxed in a lifetime. And I don't know how, we're, how we feel about that. Other stories of note, Mako Surgical down 40% today. Their shares are getting eaten alive. Uh, the second straight quarter of financial forecasts that disappoint, it's not Intuitive Surgical. You'd want to own Intuitive Surgical. LinkedIn got a little busted yesterday based on Facebook-based competitor. That threat has been deemed small. Uh, an analyst is basically saying, you know, there could be some overlap long-term, but you know, for the most part, employers, career-minded professionals prefer to keep personal and professional social networking separate. Um, you know, if you just take a look at user data, so they believe there's several you know products of, or features in development or could be implemented that down the road could get engagement higher, um, including like address book portability, people you may know. So, what else is coming out defending LinkedIn today? You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Email me at robertrobblack.com and find my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, where a very cop- copy of the show will be posted later in the afternoon. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, sideways is not always down. 
But today, when we, the market opened higher and moved lower, it definitely doesn't feel good. But sideways isn't always down. S&P 500 right now is down four. The Nasdaq's down 18, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 34 points. Welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton of NewFocusFinancial.com. He is a certified financial planner. That's what he does for a living. Chad, one of the products out there, and Wall Street's products, whether you think of it as products or not, it is. Stocks a product. Mutual funds a product. There's a commission involved, an exchange of money. But one of the products out there are, are annuities. Mm-hmm. And annuities have some promises to them because they're insurance companies, but they also have some investments to them because they're investment products as well. Yeah, and you know, I know a lot about annuities because when I got into the business, I got in, um, started working with my grandfather. He worked at banks for years selling annuities and mutual funds, and back then, annuities were a very attractive product because capital gains taxes were at 27%, right? So anytime you changed an investment, you'd get nailed with taxes, so deferring that in an annuity made a lot of sense. Well, deferring that in an annuity these days when capital gains taxes are at 15% or even 20 if they go up to 20% next year, they're just not as attractive because the fees in variable annuities are usually one and a half to three percent higher than just buying a mutual fund directly. So the higher fees eat up all of the tax incentives that you get for doing it these days. And unfortunately, it, it ends up being one of the hottest selling products out there when there's a lot of market fear because they offer certain bells and whistles, which you really end up paying for. And do you need those bells and whistles? To me, an investment is 20 to 40 years. Minimum five. Yeah. So 99% of the people know. Um, so in a, in, first of all, there's no-load variable annuity products, and right. use, I use a couple of them because okay. they're pretty good. They're great bond alternatives, and I'll talk about that maybe in a minute if we have time. But but the benefits that you don't really need, first of all, what the company usually says is that, let's say you put in $100,000, and the market tanks 50%, and you die. Okay. And the, the account's worth 50. Your heirs will get the original $100,000. But they charge like 1.5% a year for that death benefit, right? For a $50,000 death benefit. 1.5% on 100 grand is $1,500. You could probably buy $500,000 of life insurance for that. So the only person that would want that is if you're scared of the market, you know you're going to die in the next couple of years, and you want a death benefit for your heirs, then you might buy a variable annuity. That has a death benefit guarantee. But again, you're also looking at a low-cost variable annuity. And the problem with variable annuities is most of them are sold by insurance guys who don't really know about investments because yes. they know about insurance. So there are a couple good no-load variable annuities. You know a variable annuity is bad if, number one, it ties up your money for a period of time. So if it ties up your money for over a year, it's a loaded product. Somebody's getting a commission. Big right? commission. Not yeah. just a small commission. Big commission. If the internal fees are, you know approaching that 2% range, you know it's a big loaded product. And and the sales pitches are really good because the person selling it to you makes usually 5 to 7% on what you put in. So $100,000 is a $7,000 commission. And they could go as high as 9%. Right. And they, they, they act like they're going to help you manage your money because usually inside these things, there's 30 different investment choices that look like mutual funds. And they set you up initially and then you never hear from them again because they're looking for the next you to sell to. So the other benefit that is out there that people are buying most of now is the lifetime guarantee benefit. Okay. Right? And unfortunately, people think that their principal is guaranteed. All that the insurance companies are doing is saying that if you put in $100,000, we'll guarantee that we'll pay out at you know 4 or 5% a year for the rest of your life, no matter what the market does. Okay. Um, but the problem is, is that on the high fee ones, you end up paying for that in the long run because they... they 
the way that the fees are structured, it ends up eating in so much to the principal value that you end up behind the game in 10 years. Some of the no-load products, though, that are out there that offer 55 to 6% for the rest of your life, no matter what the market does, and they have lower fees, like around the 1.6% range, it's a decent bond alternative for part of your IRA account. But only until bonds are, are you know get to that 5 to 6% yield range. So let's say in three years you want to just buy the bonds directly. You're you're going to want to be able to get out of the variable annuity. But Rob, with with all that said, it is a good idea to have at least twenty percent of your income coming from in retirement some sort of a guaranteed source outside of Social Security. Okay. So that's why I am using some no load uh, annuities that guarantee income for life for you know maybe five to twenty percent of a portfolio depending on the situation. But they're no load products, so that if I want to leave in two years, I can get my client out of them without any additional costs. Good stuff. Anything else that we need to know about? Um, younger people, it's just, you know, there's really not a lot of need for younger people to save in variable annuities. The way that you'd structure it is, is that you buy low cost, low turnover, total stock market and index funds in your taxable accounts and, you know, your balanced, your international, your small cap and your retirement accounts. And you'll essentially get a lot of tax deferral that way anyway. So don't younger people shouldn't be paying for the higher fees and variable annuities at all. Fixed annuities, they're great products when interest rates are like six, seven, eight percent, but they're not at six, seven, eight percent right now. No, it's it's you get you run too much risk because most of the time fixed annuities will tie your money up for three to five years, like in a like a CD. Yeah, and they're, but they're not guaranteed by the FDIC; they're guaranteed by the insurance company offering them. So um, you can look at them though when yeah rates are higher and they're coming down. Um, they're they're again a good bond or a cash alternative if you're getting them from higher rated insurance companies and if they're only like three to five years long and you know you don't need the money for that period of time. Sounds good. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com, and he is a certified financial planner. So the big headlines today, Martha Stewart has extended her contract through 2017. There should be a big problem when she dies or retires because the company is named after her. Her daughter is not well liked and can't fill her shoes. TARP returns have generated $18.5 billion for the U.S. Treasury. Americans hated bailing out the banks, but in the end, it turned out to be a pretty good deal. AMD is falling today after reporting an unexpected sales drop. It's a Bay Area company. It's a tech company. Tech is starting to stink. Apple tablets and phones are taking over, replacing desktops, laptops. Facebook has been deemed a minor threat to LinkedIn. In large part, LinkedIn users like using their own, you know, business is business. You know, if I were to go to a LinkedIn profile and see someone having a party and ending the night in a pool of vomit, I probably wouldn't hire them. Coca-Cola announced a two-for-one stock split. Uh, that's not really news. Stock will go up or down. Stock splits don't change values of companies. Mako shares are being eaten alive. Job openings opened in the month of May. Wasn't a great number, but it certainly was a hor- it was not a horrible number either. We'll talk about this and much, much more as the show proceeds. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Don't be shy. Um, you can also tweet me, Rob Black Show. Tweet me, Rob Black Show as well as call the show, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back on Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. A 
Rob You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. I host the show Rob Black and Your Money. My goal of the show is to get young people to save more for retirement and to get people who have more to stop making mistakes. At some point in time, you do probably want to turn your money over to an expert. But you accumulate wealth and then you manage wealth. Those are two of my, my mantras. Accumulating wealth is easier than, than you think it is, but it takes time and patience, which a lot of people don't have. It takes lack of greed and lack of fear, which a lot of people can't do. I love a good toupee. I cannot lie. I love a good toupee. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. When you see someone who is clearly worse off because of the toupee, it makes you, makes you smile. Uh, what else do we need to know? I'm sure there's something. Let's talk about um, a headline that just hit me in a kind of a funny way. Peter Sauer, ex-hoop star, ex-head of Stanford's basketball team, when the team in 1998 hit the Final Four, dead after collapsing during a weekend recreational game. He was 35 years old. He collapsed and struck his head on the court. This league is considered NCAA certified competitive, featuring top-notch players. He joined Bank of America in 2007. He was a nice guy, well-liked. With that noted, he was a business buff kind of guy who turned a hypothetical $100,000 into millions for an investment class. In 1998, Stanford defeated Rhode Island to represent the Midwest region in the Final Four. It lost by one point, 86-85, to Kentucky, who then went on to win the championship. He hit a three-pointer with 9.2 seconds left, final points of the game. Economics degree. Stanford student-athletes, they define what that means. But let's go back to one of the very, very first things I said. He was 35 probably going to find out he had a heart attack. Probably going to find out he had a weak heart or something. I hate to speculate. This is a tragedy for his wife, Amanda, his three daughters, a younger brother, parents. His parents are going to have to bury him. And that's absurd. It's, I get on the air and I do this show and I'm really incredibly logical. I could show you why you don't want to own gold until you're wealthy. I could show you why you want to own great companies over a period of time. I could show you that the system's not rigged. But I can't explain to you parents having to bear their children. Being only 35 probably means he was only in the workforce for 10 to 12 years. He probably didn't save enough for his lifestyle to continue for his wife and three daughters. 
he probably and hopefully has life insurance. For a lot of our audience here over the age of 35, you could be next. I could be next. That's why you get life insurance. Because it's absurd us dying before the age of 60. That's why you get term life insurance. Because you only need it till you're 60. You don't need a whole life insurance till you're 100. You don't need variable life insurance till you're 100. That's just wasted money. You pay for insurance that you don't need. You would have been better off saving it. The insurance company is going to take your money and go invest it in 1% to 2% returns. They've done actuary tests. They know how many people are going to die. Insurance companies get hit hard with disasters. Absolutely. But this is an absurd story again that I got to say again and again and again, everything in the world I see, I see in mathematical terms. Um, I feel for his family right now. Wife and three daughters. Uh, Take a lesson from it. You could be next or I could be next. Would your income be missed? If so, get some term life insurance. If so, start losing some weight. Your kids need you. So from time to time, you got to step back and, and take a look and start to evaluate things. Eh, turn two pieces of you know red meat into two pieces of white meat this week. Turn two pieces of white meat into salads this week without dressing or with very little dressing. You will live longer. Every day you should go for at least a 30-minute walk. Find the time. If you're watching Two and a Half Men, cut it out. You don't need Two and a Half Men, I promise you. If you're watching more than an hour of TV a day, cut it out. Life's too short. TV's good. Trust me. Some cable TV shows, unbelievable. My personal favorite, Breaking Bad. It's an incredibly grim show, but it's an incredibly inventive show. Creative show visually. Acting top-notch. It's a show that I would want to work on. It's a show I would want to write for. So there's little things that you could start doing to save more money. There's little things you need to start doing to live longer, and you need to do those. Do 10 push-ups today. So crack a financial book. You want a good financial book to read? Go get uh, The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. It's fine. It's good. Don't try to get rich quickly. When you see someone like a Robert Kiyosaki, your initial impression is the right one. Slimy. Someone you don't someone who's selling seminars, someone who's selling books. Be cautious on that. Be very, very cautious. You only live once and you only have the ability to earn income from twenty to sixty. So all the bad financial decisions you make are big ones. One bad year is tough to make up. I know you're saying this is an odd segment. I know it is. You know, from time to time, we have to have these odd, awkward segments. You know, when it comes to politics, who do you vote for? I don't care. I try to vote for the person that's going to do the least amount of damage. And what I mean by that is, financially speaking, the amount of money that we've spent in the last six years to try to 
jumpstart our economy has been poorly spent. The debate on taxes for the top 250,000, if you live in the Bay Area or you live in some suburbs in, the, in Seattle, $250,000 is not a lot of money. $250,000, it's good. But most of America, $250,000, and you're living like a king. Maybe two or three kings. So there's always going to be that debate. I can tell you one thing. Our government doesn't spend money wisely, so I hate the idea of higher taxes. For poor people, for middle class people, for upper class. I will say that one thing that globalization did on a positive level, it lowered the cost of my Nikes. When you get a little kid from Taiwan who's three years old and he's got the small hands that could fit inside the, the machines to make the Nikes, yeah, my Nikes are cheaper because of that. He's got a job. I'm proud of him. Is he probably going to go on a rampage at some point in, the, in my life? Probably. Hopefully I'm not vacationing then. But the, also the downside of it is that we've sent our middle-class jobs to Asia. So as a parent, this is another area where it's kind of weird. Don't your kids be poetry majors or at least tell them again and again and again and again, I love you. Just know that you're signing up for a lifetime of poverty. For better or for worse, you know, maybe my retirement will help you. Maybe it won't. For real estate, you got to learn that it's a liability. Real estate is not an investment. There's not one financial planner that I know of that looks at real estate as an, as an asset. If you've got more than $10,000 of credit card debt, you probably have a problem. If you're using credit cards to pay for groceries, you do have a problem. You have to save two to six months of cash for emergencies. When looking for real estate to own... I want a big, fat 30-year mortgage on the house that I live in, but I want to be cash flow positive on any of my rentals. So there's no shame in buying REITs instead of rentals. With REIT, you could throw down $1,000. If it yields 4%, you earn you know, your 4% return. If you throw down, if you throw down a million, you're going to get $40,000 a year. That's cash flow positive. It's paid for. You could do that with REITs. Most people can't do it with rentals, and yet... Oh, Kiyosaki's told me that I should own lots and lots of real estate and use other people's money. That other people's money is code for high school ed- education. OPM. And you know me, OPP. Oh, sometimes the show makes me crazy. If I'm, or maybe it brings out my crazy. So... You can find me in a variety of ways. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. It's a good Twitter. It's that ampersand, Rob Black Show. Find me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Facebook like page, Kron, K-R-O-N, Rob Black. I post this radio show on my Facebook page. It's on my Twitter. I post it, post it everywhere. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to the last segment of the day. No, 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 no. Don't cry. I promise I will return tomorrow. Unless, of course, I die. A couple things I want to talk about first and foremost. Let's take a look at the market numbers. Kind of put a, a bow on today for you. SP 500 is down one. The Nasdaq's down ten. The Dow's up nineteen. So we started higher. We went lower. We went lower. We're kind of fighting back. There's a LIBOR scandal that's unfolding. The New York Fed ignored reports of irregularities. Senators are going to jump all over that. There's going to be headlines. There's going to be hearings. Shares Coca-Cola okay. They said today that they're going to announce a 2 for one stock split. Stock's doing great. The only reason I don't Coca-Cola is for income. I want to own it for sexy. Speaking of sexy, 50 shades of gray. Author's likely making millions of dollars. The 50 Shades Trilogy, which ends with her getting married on the beach. Oops, and a kid. Oh, I just ruined it. Oh, bad me. Okay, actually, she dies in a horrible car crash. Oh, did it again, did it again. So the, anyway, um, 20 million books. Uh, one in five physical books being sold in the United States is considered mommy porn, erotic right now. This is big money. So right now, if you're going to start a business, think about mommy porn because that's where people are putting money. So 19.4 million books have been sold so far, 145 million in revenues. That's an average of 1 million copies a week for the past four months. It's the fastest-selling adult series of all time. They're going to make a movie out of it, which I'm trying out for. Can you imagine a, a trilogy of nine and a half weeks? That would have been called nine and a half weeks, ten weeks, ten and a half weeks, or something like that. I don't know. Um, oh, there actually was a sequel to nine and a half weeks. Now that I think about that, I've, I blocked that out of my head. Royalties on paperbacks for first-time authors could be on the low end, say four to fifteen percent, but eBooks are a lot higher. So she's probably pulling in royalties of five to ten percent, or seven million to fifteen million dollars just so far. The author, isn't it funny? E.L. James. Does anyone even? Everyone knows the name of the book, but no one knows the name of the author. She earns seven percent royalties on paperbacks, twenty-five percent on eBooks. So right now she's earning over a million three. And if you read these books, they're pretty awful. They're miserable. But you know what? They're actually also leading towards what's happening. Target is starting to sell adult toys. And that category is growing rapidly for them. Well over 30% growth year over year. I'm not trying to like walk the edge or be edgy here. I'm trying to say this is where money's happening. And the writing's horrible. So if you're a good writer, consider it. Um, and the, I don't know. I think I've probably exhausted this. The erotic trilogy, according to others, is often poorly written. That's the phrase. Phrases like, oh my, and inner goddess are used well over 60 times per book. It's a heady combination of romance with, you know, adult actions. 
it's a perfect book suited for the internet generation that can indulge in, you know, fantasy in an ebook world. It's escapist. Like movies do well during economy during uh, recessions because for six bucks to ten bucks, I don't even know what a movie costs now. You can get two three hours of not hearing about the recession, not hearing about people being unemployed. So this is in bad times. El James is that the name? El James onto something. So that little bit of romance, that little bit of magic of, wow, life is sweet. I can end up on a beach. I can go from frumpy dumpy to an inner goddess with a billionaire nonetheless. I don't know where to go with this. I think I stayed on that topic a little bit too long. European finance ministers announced plans to expedite the $30 billion to Spanish banks. That's, you know, good news. Alcoa kicked off earnings season with a decent report last night. Wasn't as bad as we thought. China's trade surplus widens to $31.7 billion. Imports rose 6.3%. Expectations were for 12.7%. Other big stories of note today. Uh, Wells Fargo is due out with earnings on Friday morning. JP Morgan as well. That's going to be the focus for me, really, the next couple of days. Google's on Thursday. Tonight, we get OCZ Technologies, which is a solid state drive maker, and Adtran, some tech plays. That will give us a little bit of insight into what's happening in the world of tech spending, slowdowns. Applied Materials announced a material slowdown. They've cut their sales and earnings expectations. AMD, the same thing. Probably the only company in tech that's going to do well are companies that are tied towards Apple this quarter. Some people are actually seeing an inventory build over at Apple, and that could be a presage to something negative. I know you're saying, good use of the word presage. I know. The Campbell food, Campbell soup buyout yesterday at Bolthouse Farms shows you what's working. Food stocks are working. Utility stocks are working. Telecom stocks are working. Big PE or big international companies with PEs that are consistent, that have consistently increased their uh, dividends, they're working. And right now, everything else, we're seeing a little bit drop in expectations. Things slowed down in the last 45 days. And now analysts are changing the way they look at things. The low natural gas prices that we've seen, you know, for the better part of the last three years have now pushed Patriot Coal into bankruptcy. Energy companies used to fire up with coal. Now they're firing up with natural gas. Interesting. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. That's Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me online at robblack.com. I'll be back in 22 hours. Please, please, no crying. I'll be back um, 7 to 9 in the Bay Area, 8 to 9 in Seattle. You can find me online at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.